Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. I would dedicate every two weeks to giving a full moon or a new moon report. And then on the weeks in between, on the off weeks, it would be all about some sort of self-healing tool, some sort of new age thing. Um, I was just obsessed with astrology and, you know, all this new age stuff. It's like all a spiritual narcotic. I always say it's a hamster wheel. You just, you run and you run and you run and you ultimately get nowhere. And that's where mm. I found myself nearly a decade later, just being entrenched in these practices where nothing was getting better. I still had that depression, still had that anxiety. It didn't matter how many yoga practices I did, how many Reiki sessions I had, how many times I aligned my chakras, how many crystals I had in my house, how many times I saged the house, how many times I did this or that or followed the moon or did this ritual or that ritual. Nothing worked. I ended up on my kitchen floor at 27 years old. And I don't know why I knew to do this. It was just, you know, some part of my, you know, Psalms says deep calls out to deep. And so I called out to Jesus in that moment. And I said, Jesus, save me. And the next morning I woke up and I was completely delivered from depression. I mean, gone. And um, so from there kind of went on this like little tiny journey that lasted another three or four months where I tried to be a new age Christian. I thought, oh, well, I can just use, you know, Jesus's kind of a supplement to my uh, my astrology practice and and talk about how it's the blueprint of God and all these things until I read Isaiah 47 and the Holy Spirit filled me with godly sorrow for the first time. And it was when I understood that, wow, I'm a sinner. And if wow. I died right now, I would go to hell. So I repented. I, I said, Lord, I'm giving this all up. No more astrology, no more yoga, no more Reiki, no more tarot, no more nothing. Um, just lost that old identity. He just, he just, he killed that person and he made me born again and alive unto him. And then, yeah, it's just been a beautiful, almost two years now, this time, two years ago, I was still straddling the fence. So it's just, it's just crazy. I love that clip that I played on the last time you were on where you're on your astrology podcast, just for those that are just jumping in. She's on her astrology podcast that she had. So she wasn't just like, you know dabbling she was running a podcast about astrology and on her podcast she's like hey guys which guys remember her audience is not christian these are people that are into astrology into mediumship and all the stuff soothsaying and she's like hey i don't want to do reiki anymore i don't want to do yoga anymore i'm not doing astrology anymore like i'm fully giving my life to jesus and the coolest part about that angela is we got to see in real time your transformation like when I got saved, the internet like wasn't the way it is now. YouTube, Instagram, I think had just started. There was no TikTok, no live streaming. There was no Facebook Live at the time, no YouTube Live. And so it wasn't like documented the way it is now. And to see your journey documented from an astrology, and let me just say it, and we're friends now, so I can say it, demonic, satanic podcast that you were running. The first time I had you on, I had to be real nice, you know, but now we're friends. To now, it's like you're running a Christian podcast called Heaven and Healing. If you guys haven't checked it out, make sure you do. And now you're exposing the very works that you are a part of. So guys, I want you, when you hear her talk today, don't just think, oh, these are just some young people that don't know what they're talking about. Like, we have a heart for you. I have seen so many people delivered from spirits that Halloween celebrates. Let me say that again. I have seen so many people delivered from spirits that Halloween celebrates. And so for me, I'm coming at the angle of seeing so many people get delivered, so many demons come out, and I don't ever want to give them another moment or another minute of any celebration. Angela's coming from, 
hey guys, I was a decade in the new age, in, in the demonic world, working for the devil. And I, I was working for the devil before in my own way, but she was directly working for these spirits, not knowing. Of course, back then you'd never think or say you were working for the devil. The devil comes as an angel of light. But I want you guys to realize we're saying this out of love. We're saying this out of compassion and our heart breaks for people that are in bondage, which is why after we're going to be praying for those of you that need to get delivered. And one thing I wanted to say, Angela, and just I want to give some opening thoughts on Halloween and kind of give you a chance and myself a chance to share just freely whatever we feel opening up is I have a lot of friends, Angela, that cast out demons and do deliverance. I have a lot of friends that are out of the occult, out of the new age, people like you, people like John Ramirez, uh, people like Taylor, people like Julie Lopez, ones that were in witchcraft. And one thing that all of my deliverance friends and my friends that have come out of the new age or the occult or whatever have in common is none of them celebrate Halloween. So it's interesting to me that people that directly deal with darkness and deal with the satanic realm and either come out of it or cast out demons like it's real it's really real to them the demonic realm is so real to me because i see people get delivered all the time from these unclean spirits we all know this is not something you want to be participating in this is not something that you want to be dabbling in it might seem innocent and it might seem okay for you it's like well i'm just taking my kid i'm dressing them up as a princess but you have to understand you are directly celebrating a holiday that is the opposite of what our Christian what Christianity teaches. So it promotes things that are contrary to the faith. Also, I know the argument of, well, can't you just redeem Halloween? And that word redeem is something the Bible uses when God redeemed us, and that's buying us back. We belong to the kingdom of darkness. We were in the kingdom of darkness, and Christ, through his shed blood on the cross, has bought us back from the slave master called Satan redeemed us out of the kingdom of darkness so redemption is to buy something back it was something that belonged to you and you buy it back can you redeem halloween the the simple answer is no because it's a pagan holiday that god doesn't want it's the same thing of saying can we redeem a ouija board can we redeem tarot cards can we you know and they have like this joke ouija board called the holy spirit board on amazon and people are buying it saying oh i could talk to the holy spirit and then there's now we know angel cards as a alternative to tarot cards they're a light version but these are not christian things you can't redeem something that god doesn't want that doesn't belong to his kingdom it's 100 demonic oh let me say it this way what it promotes let me be clear is 100 demonic we can argue for three hours about well it was a catholic tradition all saints day we all know this right it was transferred from it wasn't from the celtics and then some of us will say it was and there's we don't want to get into that endless yeah. genealogies and debates of tradition we want to say as believers we're not trying to see how close we can get to the line without getting burned like it, with my wife i don't think about how could I get so close to annoying her and upsetting her and offending her, but not really making her mad? Like, I'm not always trying to find the line with my wife. So why would I try to find that line with God? Like, I'm not sitting mm -hmm. here saying, how close can I get to offending God? How close can I get to darkness and it not be sin? In my mind, Angela, I'm saying, okay, wait a minute. I'm a Christian. I'm sold out for God. I've given him everything. I want to run as far away as possible from anything that celebrates things that are antithetical to the gospel, that are anti-gospel, anti-Christ. So to me, just an opening thought, when I look at Halloween, I look at Ephesians 5.11, have no fellowship with darkness. Instead, expose it, the unfruitful works. So have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. So the text is saying, not only should we not associate with things that involve themselves in darkness, which 
unequivocally Halloween does. No one could come in the chat and say, Halloween doesn't promote darkness. It literally, go to Walmart, go to Home Depot. Like you can go to Home Depot right now and see goblins and ghouls and witches and warlocks and statues and gargoyles and you know people with no heads and it's all it's all darkness there's no light in halloween there's no angel statues to celebrate halloween so the bible says don't participate in darkness and also don't just not participate but do what we're here doing today expose these works of mm -hmm. darkness so i really believe that Halloween is something, Angela, and this is my opinion, and I'm going to give you a chance to give your opening thoughts. It's unredeemable. It celebrates darkness. It's the complete opposite of what we're called to be. It promotes darkness, and we are called to be the light of the world. We're called to be set apart and separate, which we'll talk about today. But those are some of my thoughts on those that will try to argue for Halloween. Of course, the roots are not innocent, but we're not going to go into all of that today necessarily. I just think as a baseline, as Christians, is this something that we want to be celebrating? Is this something we want to be teaching our kids to celebrate? Is this something that we want to be a witness to and showing our our neighbors that are not Christians that, yeah, we do exactly how you guys do it. We dress our kids up like your kids and we act like your kids and we take our kids out and they our kids get scared and terrified. The whole holiday is about being scared and horror and gore. And so to me, I mean, I feel like we could just give us opening thoughts and we could just pray and end the stream. But to me, this is not something that Christians should celebrate. What are your opening thoughts on just Halloween in general? Yeah, so I do want to first mention the aspect of tradition because people are going to come at you for saying what you just said, that it can't be redeemed because, oh, there are Catholic roots or these roots or that roots, and then they've been convoluted. Like Again, like Isaiah mentioned, that's not the goal to get into. But there are two verses that come to mind. In Mark 7, it says, laying aside the commandments of God, you uphold traditions of men. And then Colossians 2.8, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men. So we are here to, to speak truth over tradition more than anything. And kind of as a sidebar to that is we're not here to condemn anybody. And I want to mention that because I, every time that I have spoken out about Halloween thus far, that has been the number one, you know, clap back is that you're judging me. You're condemning me. You're saying I'm not really holy. You're saying that I don't love the Lord. You're saying that I, that I'm losing my salvation. You're not saying any of those things. We are here because we love y'all and we want to encourage our brothers and sisters to, to not just intellectualize the freedom that Jesus died for, but to actually live in it. And to not live in it in such a way where you say, well, I'm free in Christ, so I can participate in these things. No, it's actually I'm free in Christ, so I don't need to participate in these things, right? Mm. And, you know, this, this means living for him. It means platforming him above things, including whatever your flesh wants. Because, you know, I'm sure, Isaiah, I'm sure you grew up celebrating Halloween just like I did, yeah. right? This is actually the first year that I'm not. Last year was my first year saved. And because of the dicey origins, because of the theology that I kind of fell into of cessationism, I'll just say it, during the first year of my walk with the Lord, I was really lukewarm about it. I was like, take it or leave it. You know, who really cares? I'll just go to the Harvest Festival at church and call it a day. Like, I wasn't actively participating, but I was covertly participating, which we can talk about churches doing Harvest Fest and all that and how it is still in agreement. But um, this year... 
I am just so I'm like kind of getting back to the fire that I first had when I got mm. saved initially before everyone around me tried to quench it and tell me that I was losing myself. Because here's the thing. The gospel says to lose yourself. Yes. The gospel says to die to yourself for your identity to be in Christ. So if your argument is, well, it's fun. I enjoy it. My kids enjoy it. It's family time. It's this. It's that. My question, it's not a judgment, it's an encouragement for you to take to the Lord is, okay, is that your flesh talking or Come is that on. Holy Spirit that indwells within you talking? Does he think it's fun? Does he think it's fun to go out and to live as the world when he has called you to be set apart? And the thing is, and Isaiah, you say this all the time, right? Like we gave so much of our lives to the devil. I gave yes. 27 years of my life to the devil. I'm not going to give him just this one day because it's it, it's fun to dress up, right? It's it, I want to post a cute picture on Instagram in a couple's costume with my husband. Like it's not worth it to me and that's not to say because this is another really popular clapback is oh you're saying that this day belongs to satan no days belong to satan every day belongs to the lord obviously every day belongs to the Come lord on. however the gospel is clear that satan is the prince of the yes. world so while every day belongs to god the world is under the dominion of satan as evidenced when he tempts jesus with offering Jesus the kingdoms of the world if he would bow down and worship him. And so, yeah, you can have your fun. You can have your indulgences. You can have you can have just a night out, you know, eating candy and, and doing this with your family. But you have to consider that, could this actually be doing what Satan was tempting Jesus with in, mm. in when he said, if you worship me, I'll give you the kingdoms, right? You can have your fun, but at what cost? So that's kind of where I stand. Yeah, that's so good. I'm glad you said that. I grew up now. I did have a memory that I didn't really think about until recently when you were saying that. When I was like maybe four or five, my parents took us out trick-or-treating and I have this vivid memory. And my mom will tell the story even to this day of being so terrified. I saw like maybe a clown or someone dressed up. We were out trick-or-treating. I closed my eyes. I'm like five or six years old. I closed my eyes and refused to open them for several hours and ended up falling asleep on my mom's shoulder because I refused <laughs> to open my eyes because I was so terrified. And I still have that memory now. I'm 32 years old and I have a memory of being five years old, being terrified. I want to say it was a clown, just so crazy I'd remember that. But it really made an imprint on me. And then after that, my parents said, we're never going to trick or treat again. And we ended up doing, like you said, we went to the church's harvest festival, which was basically just a sanitized version of trick or treating and yeah. Halloween. It was basically just, you know, stamping Jesus on Halloween and being like, well, we're going to do it at the church instead of in the world. My point is, I know someone, some in the chat are saying, this is an open door to demons. Talk about that. As I wouldn't say generally, oh, you're going to get a demon if you go trick-or-treating, but I will say if you're taking your kids and they're getting terrorized by, let's say, a costume of something gory, and I want to be careful because there's a lot of kids watching in the chat. I have people texting me like, I'm going to bring my kids to watch this, so I do want to be careful. You can open your kids up to the spirit of fear. Let me be very clear. If you're taking your kids and they're being terrified at, let's say, like a haunted house at a pumpkin patch, you are opening your children up to a spirit of fear. And to me... There's like a trend going on where you dress up in a Halloween costume. You've probably seen this, Angela, and then they, people scare their kids. That is so demonic to me. That is so wrong. I, I think that's child abuse to terrify your kids and to scare your kids with scary costumes and stuff. Because what you don't realize is in the spiritual realm, you're opening them up to a spirit of fear. Oftentimes when we do deliverance, a lot of people got demons as a kid from trauma they went through. So to me, there's just nothing funny about scaring your kids. There's nothing funny about celebrating death and gore and darkness. 
Um, kids are vulnerable. Kids are, are and, and I know what you're saying. Well, I'm just taking them innocently trick-or-treating around the neighborhood. Okay, let me ask you this question. Are you choosing what outfits everyone in the neighborhood is wearing? Do you get to pick what that 13-year-old teenage boy is wearing and your six or seven-year-old daughter is seeing a 19-year-old boy in some gory or maybe some uh, crazy outfit? Or maybe you have a young boy that's eight or nine years old and you're taking him trick-or-treating and there's a group of 18, 19-year-old girls dressing extremely lustful and your son's sitting there and you're putting him right there. I just, to mm -hmm. me, I think, Angela, you're not, you're not in a controlled environment when you're taking your kids out into the world on a day that celebrates darkness. I am not the guy that says, let's hide out and let's hide our kids. We're gonna talk later about ministering right. on Halloween. So I'm not the guy saying, but my point is like, we have to be very careful when we're putting our kids in places where people are celebrating and promoting. And this is really the only day of the year where everybody's promoting darkness. I just think it's a dangerous thing to put your kids in a place where they're vulnerable, where they can be terrified, where they can see something that they'll never forget. And to me, there's nothing funny about death. There's nothing funny about gore. If any of you in the chat have lost a loved one to let's say like suicide or something horrific, you know there's nothing funny about these costumes. There's nothing funny about darkness. Or maybe you're in the chat and you came out of the occult and you, you don't find this funny. You don't find people dressing up as witches funny because witchcraft destroyed your life. Like I remember last year I had John Ramirez on and it destroyed his life. He had a cauldron in his living room, Angela, where he was putting human bones into. And he, and he sees cauldrons on people's front lawns. Now, you might say, well, it's innocent. It's a cauldron. But to John Ramirez, he was putting human bones in a cauldron. And that ruined his life. He was involved in this high-level witchcraft. So you just have to think about the implications. What does the cauldron stand for? What does the occult stand for? What do witches stand for? What do warlocks stand for? These are people that want to destroy Christians want to destroy our lives and to me I don't think it I don't think it's funny when we're promoting and celebrating these things and especially because and I want you to talk about this Angela because you have a lot of good verses on this is when God has called us to be a peculiar people and guys again we're not here to argue with you about the origins of this I do find it ironic I want to say is that many people say well this was a Catholic holiday of All Saints Day and let me just say something here I know it's going to make a lot of people mad I have a lot of Catholic followers why are we following Catholic holidays? Like, I don't understand if you're not a Catholic, most of you aren't. Like, why are you saying, well, it's a Catholic holiday? Well, hey, if it's a Catholic holiday, I'm not celebrating it. I'm a Protestant Christian. I'm not celebrating Catholic holidays. I'm not out here venerating Mary or praying to the saints. So it's a stupid excuse to say, well, it's a Catholic holiday. And some would say it's All Saints Day, which interestingly, New Testament believers were actually called saints in the Bible. And this, the word saint simply means a holy one, ones that were set apart for the purposes of God. So what's weird is it's a holiday that they say supports being set apart, yet it celebrates and participates in the very things we're called to be called out of. We're called out of darkness, yet this is a holiday that celebrates darkness. We're called out of horror and fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. So if God didn't give us that spirit, we know the enemy gave us that spirit, but yet we're calling this an All Saints Day. Ephesians 4.24 says, put on the new self, created to be like God in righteousness and holiness. So I wanna really quick explain the difference between righteousness and holiness. Righteousness mm. is what happened to you when you were born again. You now became righteous. You're in right standing. You're not right-ish, okay? You're not right-ish, like I'm kinda right. No, 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 you're righteous. You're in right standing with God because of 
the finished work of the cross. You were made righteous when you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, okay? He provided you right standing with God on the cross. The Bible says you were at once at war with God. You were God's enemy. This excites me. But now because of Christ, you're in right standing with God. That's righteousness. Holiness is not that. Holiness is this, when you choose to separate yourself. The word holiness means to be separate, to disunite, to divide, to sever, to disconnect, or to part company or go in a different direction, to cease to be associated or to become distinct. So righteousness, automatic. Holiness is a, dec a decision of your will to live a life that pleases God. Holiness is not automatic. Many people think, well, I'm Christian, I'm holy. No, you're not. Holiness is something you must participate in. Let me show you this. 2 Corinthians 7.1 says, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us, let us, not God, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can def defile our body and spirit. And let us, not God, let us work towards complete holiness because we fear God. So Paul said this, let us cleanse ourselves from whatever defiles us, which AKA things like celebrating Halloween defile you because they celebrate darkness and let us cleanse ourselves and work towards complete holiness. So Paul said, you need to work towards this. You need to choose to separate yourself. That's why the Bible says, because God is holy, you need to be holy. It doesn't say because God is holy, you are holy. It says you need to be holy. So I don't want to conflate righteousness with holiness. I want you guys to be sure, you know, mm -hmm. I am righteous because of what Christ did. It's not my works that make me righteous. Let me be very clear. My righteousness, Angela, the Bible says it's filthy rags. So I cannot be righteous or in right standing with God. Only Christ can do that and give me that imp impute his righteousness onto me. Holiness is a separate thing. And the Bible says without holiness, we will not see God. So without faith, you can't please him. But the Bible says without holiness, you can't see him. So for me, here's the thing. I'm on the pathway of holiness. I'm on the freeway of holiness. I'm on the highway of holiness. Like Angela, I've chosen to live my life in a way. I said yes to God. I'm pursuing holiness. I'm separating myself from things. And I'm going to say it clear that might not even be sinful, but I want to separate myself. There's a big debate on like, People say, well, why don't you have tattoos, Isaiah? And I tell people, I'm not going to debate on whether it's sin or not or whether you can or can't. I'm just going to tell you from my own personal life, it's not on the same road I'm on. I'm on the road of being separate. So if everybody else in the world gets tattoos, I'm not going to even say it's sinful. I'm just going to say I'm on the pathway of holiness and I want to be more like God. I want to walk that holy road. So let me give you one more. This is 2 Corinthians 6, 16. And this promise was in chapter six where Paul quotes the Old Testament of 2 Corinthians. So this is 2 Corinthians, but Paul is quoting the Old Testament. So don't be confused in the chat and say, that's not 2 Corinthians, it is 2 Corinthians 6, 16. This is what it says. Now he's quoting the Old Testament where God says, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. And this is what he says in verse 17. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers separate from your, yourself from them, says the Lord, and I will welcome you. Don't touch their filthy things. And he says this, and I will be your father. So when, when will you be my father? When you come out from among the unbelievers, when you don't touch their filthy things, he says, I will be your father and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. So Paul says there's a promise if you consecrate yourself, if you get out of the things of this world, if you come out from among the unbelievers, 
and you walk according to God's way. So unholiness grieves the Holy Spirit. We know that the Holy Spirit is holy. That's literally his name. So how can we do things that are unholy, things that are like the world, and still follow the Holy Spirit? So what are your thoughts on this idea, Angela? We're called to be peculiar and set apart. And how do you feel like this relates to like everything we're talking about when it comes to Halloween? Well, so many things. Um, first of all, I love that you made that distinction between righteousness and holiness. That's really good because that's the thing. Like people will say that, oh, y'all think that you're better than us because you're boasting your works. Like we're not boasting our works. We're actually boasting the freedom that Jesus died for. We love him so much. This isn't about boasting or trying to say, oh, look at what a much better Christian I am than you because I don't celebrate Halloween. It's like, no, I'm saying... Like, Jesus saved my life. He delivered me from depression, from eating disorders, from from all of these things that had me in bondage for so many years. Honestly, including, like, a lot of lust and, and addiction that was centered around Halloween. Because that's, let's be honest, that's what the holiday within our generation especially yes. is all about. It's about drinking and it's yep. about dressing up. Basically in your underwear. Yep. Um, because it's acceptable one day a year. But anyway, it, it freed me from, he freed me from so much bondage that how can I not, how can I not actually live alive unto him? Like he says, how can I not put on Christ? Like it says in Romans, he saved my life. I am so in love and on fire for him. And I don't care if people call me a legalist. I really don't because I'm just in love with Jesus. And we're not here to preach legalism, which is something we'll be accused of. Like, we're just encouraging holiness because that is what God wants for you. He didn't resurrect you from the grave so that you could go back and play in the grave. Like, that, that wasn't, that's not the reason why he gave you new life. He gave you new life so that you could be new, so that you could be brand new. And honestly, I really believe that the devil loves when we have this like passive take on Halloween um, or other things, but you know, especially Halloween, because as you've been saying this whole time, if you just walk into your local Walmart, your local Home Depot, if you walk down the block even and look at your neighbor's altars, demon altars that they have on the front lawn, um, it, it's obvious. It's obvious what this holiday represents in the modern world in the modern culture yes in the world by the way like we already talked about that satan is the prince of he doesn't care if if all these unbelievers are out there celebrating halloween he doesn't care what the world is doing because he already has the world but when a christian does stuff like this he loves it because like i mentioned he's not after the world he already has it he's after the christians he's mm. after the kingdom of god He's after the consecrated people. He's after holiness. Because if we can just breed a bunch of Christians that are lukewarm, and I'm not here to accuse anyone of being lukewarm, but that, you know, um, if know. we can just breed a bunch of Christians that are that are lukewarm and that really don't take spiritual warfare seriously, then he has the upper hand in a way to kind of pull pull more people back from the faith. And to not have people like you and I that are on fire who are going to encourage people to come out of darkness. Mm. Because if we're just all sitting back, quenched in the spirit, who's out sharing the gospel, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we're called to be set apart. Um, 
And it's just, you know, that verse always comes to mind because it's, it's, it's a, it's a huge contention is, oh, well, you know, it's, it's all things are permissible, but what does it say literally two seconds after that? But not all things are beneficial. Yes. This is, I don't see how this is beneficial in any way, shape or form. And like Isaiah said, this isn't a call to just, you know, tonight, make sure you sit inside with all your lights off, shut the blinds, turn your outside porch lights off lock the doors and hide in a corner if someone knocks on your door. Like that is not what we're saying at all. And also we're not saying that, you know, we're stronger in our faith than you, which is something that I've actually been accused of on the other side of this argument is that, oh, you're too weak in your faith. Mm. So you have to stay away from stuff like this. I'm oh, actually so strong afraid. in my faith. You guys are afraid yeah. of Halloween in the darkness. Right. And it's not about that at all. It's actually, I'm so strong in my faith that I don't need to participate or look like the world. And I don't, I genuinely don't want to. Like, why do I want, again, why do I want to go back and play in the grave that he resurrected me from? And really what this whole thing about is about for me is um, John the Baptist says, right? He must increase, so I must decrease. So That's Isaiah, good. you had mentioned that this isn't necessarily about you know, oh, am I going to get a demon on Halloween? Am I going to get a demon? It's like, it's not even necessarily a demon, I, but I believe that there's a stronghold with Halloween, which is yep. different, right? It's, it's like, a, it's just this, this unwillingness to die to yourself. It's an unwillingness to, to really crucify the flesh. Like the gospel says, right? Don't be mad at us. Be mad at the Bible. That's what the Bible yes. says. Crucify your flesh. Going out and is putting your kids in cute costumes is not crucifying your flesh. That's indulging your flesh because you get to ooh and odd how cute they are dressed in their little Mario outfit, right? <laughs> so is this really asking yourself, is this me decreasing so that he can increase? Or would it actually be beneficial for me to use this night to either evangelize on my front porch or to get a prayer team together to pray against what's going on out there? Because let me say one thing to that, you know, I was a witch. I wouldn't have called myself one, but I do remember that a lot of the full moons would tend to fall on or around Halloween. And so that was a time for us to kind of embody whatever the moon was doing in that Which, time. Angela, like I remember- tell, Give them a, a, a glimpse of how involved you were with moon cycles and astrology. For those that are just jumping in, because there's 2,500 on, that was only 1,000 when you mentioned your testimony. So give them a quick glimpse of how in, like, engrossed you were with the moons and astrology. And so give them, like, you know, so they could feel like, oh, she actually knows what she's talking about when it comes to the moon and everything. Yeah, I was an astrologer with a podcast about astrology and astrology is all that I lived and breathed. So I, you know- um, but I remember the year before I got saved, the, that was a, the, the Halloween, the year before I got saved, I believe it was 2020. So it was a full moon in Taurus on Halloween. And now Taurus in the Zodiac world is all about being sensual. It's an earth sign. So it's all about being in your body and, you know, heightening the senses. And so there's a sexual element to that because Taurus is supposed to be one of the sexy signs. And so I was encouraging my audience, I was encouraging my following to really embody their sexuality on the full moon that year. And you have to bear in mind that there are people doing really, really sinister things on Halloween like John Ramirez and Julie Lopez could speak to. But then there were people like me that wouldn't have called themselves a witch 
that are still doing really sinister things without even mm. being aware of it because I thought I was doing a good thing. I thought encouraging the sexuality, the empowerment of the Taurus energy, whatever, was a good thing. There are people doing that. There are New Agers that are doing that tonight. Whatever Zodiac this is, telling people to embody it and actually embodying it themselves, doing rituals in order to embody that. So you have to bear in mind that while you want to sit back and be passive about this holiday or participate in this holiday, that that's going on. And it's not to say, for the record, it's not to say if you're not out there fighting the spiritual war that Jesus loses. We know that Jesus won. We Come know on. that Jesus has the victory, but we also know that he has he has given us authority by his holy spirit. He told us that we that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities of darkness. And so because we have that authority to trample the heads of scorpions and serpents, why are we not trying to stand at the gates of hell and redirect traffic on this night? Mm. Why are we not praying against this? Why are we going out and participating? Because, oh, well, we're free in Christ. My faith is strong enough. Okay, well, there are people out there that if they died tonight, if Jesus came back tonight on Halloween, they would go to hell. Yeah. So I just don't see how it's beneficial for you to go out with your unsaved friends and participate in what they're doing and show them that actually being a Christian isn't really anything to 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 go on about because it's, essentially living just like they are. There's nothing unique about it that's going to be bear witness of who Christ is because of that. Um, so now, being a peculiar people, there's so many verses on that. 1 Peter 2.9, you are ch- chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light like i don't take that lightly no pun intended i don't take (laughs) that lightly i'm walking in the light of christ because he called me to that he saved me from the darkness why am i taking one day a year to glorify the darkness and now people will say well I'm not glorifying darkness. I'm not dressing up as a witch or a devil. And my kids are, you know, they're dressed up as firefighters and policemen. It's totally innocent. This is such a slippery slope for me because, first of all, the Bible tells us not to lean on our own understanding. The Bible tells us that the heart is sick and deceitful and who can trust it. And if we start compromising on things like Halloween and saying, well... It's really what you make of it. It's your intentions. Then that's just a hop, skip, and jump to yoga is just what you make of it. It's just your intentions, right? It's a hop, skip, and jump to, well, crystals, you know, practicing using crystals to pray. It's really what you make of it. Come on. It's like if we start, if we start giving an inch here, where's the devil going to take a mile? Because he doesn't just take an inch. That's it. That's not his game. He doesn't, he doesn't just let you have a little bit. He's going to use that he's going to use the placehold as a way to gain access and again that's not to say you're necessarily going to get a demon for doing the halloween thing it's just to say that by giving him a place in this area where else are you going to start heeding to that voice that says well 
you know, maybe this, you know, it's just like the Garden of Eden. Did God really say that? Did God really say you can't Come participate on. in Halloween? Did God really say you can't go to a yoga class? Did God really say you can't get drunk to celebrate tonight? You know what I mean? It's just, you're, you're, you're set apart. You're called to be peculiar. You're called to be dead to yourself. First Peter one verses 15 through 16. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct That's good all like it says a l l all of your conduct because it is written be holy for i am holy so again people that want to say you're preaching legalism you're saying that people can't have fun you're saying people can't do this people can't do that we are literally showing y'all what the bible says and look i know this is offensive to a lot of people They've made that very clear that I'm just an unintelligent Protestant in my comments for the past three weeks. It's very apparent to me. I understand. Um, Catholics are so mean to me, by the way. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Join it, the club. It's like, it's like it says, be holy, for I am holy. Holy in all of your conduct. Yes. We either believe what the Bible says or we don't. And I'm not saying that to throw shade in anybody. I'm saying that again because I love every single person watching, whether I know you or not. I love you. I know what the devil saved, or I'm sorry, I know what the devil pulled me into and what Jesus saved me from, what he snatched me from. And I have a responsibility now to walk in that holiness. Not because that's how I keep my salvation, but because that's what he is worth. It has nothing to do with me. And that's something that, that gets so convoluted in this conversation is that actually what a lot of people tend to miss is that this has nothing to do with me. This has nothing to do with Isaiah. And this has nothing to do with you. So if you're taking it personally, it's because you're seeing through the lens of the carnal mind that wants to make everything about the flesh. It's not about you. This is about Christ. Everything is about Christ. So encouraging you to die to the flesh, it's not something you should be taking personal. It's something that you should be taking to the Lord. And I would rather offend That's you good. with the truth than pacify you and lull you into just this sleepy Christianity where you don't know who you are in him. That's so good. I went on for a long time. No, no, it's so good. I love having you on because... It's hard to have on guests that don't talk a lot. And I, I love having you on because me and you can go back and forth. And I always say, like, I feel like you're a female version of me. You just have mm -hmm. that fire. You say it how it is. I think it's very important to note what you keep talking about is this life of self-denial. For those that are still in the chat that are like, well, I really want to. And my kids are going to miss out and be mad. This life of, Christ, of living for Christ is a life of denying yourself. And one of the root problems is in the American church, and I can say this because I've been in hundreds of them, we teach a gospel that says it's all about you. It's all about input, not output. It's what God can do for you. It's how God wants to heal you. It's how God wants to bless you. So you lose that element of actually the gospel's for you, but it's not about you. And the life that God's called you to live is not a life of what I can get and what I want. It's a life of denying myself for the purpose of furthering the gospel. So it's a life of self-denial. Jesus literally says, deny yourself. So you might be here saying, well, I really want to do that. And I'm here to tell you, great, deny yourself. Deny yourself. And the same way you might diet, like bad food tastes amazing. Mm. But you have to, when you're dieting, deny yourself. If you're really overweight and you're at the verge of, you know, dying prematurely, 
You have to start by denying yourself. I, I really want sugar. I really want food, this bad food, but I'm going to deny myself because it's going to make me healthy. And that is really the, the message that Jesus preached was a message of denying oneself. When the rich young ruler says, oh, I got to sell everything. I have a lot of possessions. The Bible says his possessions were many. And Jesus calls him to deny yourself to sell everything and give it to the poor. And the man walked away sad, the Bible says, because his possessions were many. So this whole idea of if I feel like doing it, it must be okay. I want, if I feel like doing it, it must be right. And God says, uh, I'm actually telling you to, to deny yourself in many different ways. So it, it is a, a life of self-denial. It is a life of, hey, telling your kids, we don't do everything else the world does. I know your friends at school do it, but we're not like your friends at school. Our family has been set apart. We've been called. We've been anointed by God. Some of you, your kids are confused because you don't talk to them like that. You need to tell your kids, we are set apart people. We are peculiar people. God has anointed our family. God has called our family. We're not sideline Christians. We don't live in the stands. We're not cheerleaders. Our family's on the field. All of you have been called. All of you have been chosen. Every one of you are, you need to tell your kids that. You've been destined for such, for greatness for such a time as this. So you got to let your kids know while they're young that everybody else is doing one thing, but we are not like everybody else. The definition of the church, the ecclesia, you guys can look this up, is literally a people group that have been called out of darkness. The very definition of the church is those that have been once in darkness have now been called out. So you got to tell your kids, we're the ecclesia. We're the, we're the people that have been called out of darkness. So you might see your friends at school and everyone else and, you know, and you might feel like you're missing out and you are missing out on darkness, on lust, on gore, on fear, on depression, on anxiety. Like I want my kids, Angela, to miss out. I want them to miss mm -hmm. out on everything the world has to offer. Well, you don't let your kids go there. Aren't they going to miss out? That's the point. The point is that they miss out on the darkness that I was involved in when I decided to become an atheist and all the, the stuff that I did, I pray my kids miss out on that. So let me just give one quick backdrop to something that is probably the biggest argument of people watching. There's 2,500 of you. I assume most of you are Christians. In the comments I was reading, Angela, were, hey, Isaiah, I'm a Christian. I'm dressing my kid up as whatever innocent character. Of course, not all these people that are dressing up are demonic images. Like you said, it could be something innocent as a Mario or as whatever little uh, thing that you're dressing your kid up as. So you say, hey, I'm a Christian parent. I just want to take my kids trick-or-treating. It's not a big deal. So let me just give you in, in like one or two paragraphs the origin of trick-or-treating. Now you can say, well, that's that. This is really undebatable. This is where we get trick-or-treating from. And I don't want to give you this long, exhaustive origin. I already did that last week on a video. I just want to give you a taste of, for example, something as innocent as trick-or-treating. So during some Celtic celebrations of Samhain, villagers disguised themselves in costumes made of animal skin to drive away phantom visitors. Banquet tables were prepared and food was left out to placate unwelcome spirits. In later centuries, people began dressing up as ghosts, demons, and other creatures performing antics in exchange for food and drink. The custom was known as mumming. It dates back to the Middle Ages and was thought to be what we get as a modern-day trick-or-treating. In the 9th century, Christianity spread into Celtic lands where it gradually blended with supplanted older pagan rites. In 1000 AD, so this is 1,000 years after Christ, it, the church designated November 2nd as All Souls Day, a time for honoring the dead. 
Let me say that again. In 1000 AD, the church designated November 2nd as All Souls Day, which was a time to honor the dead. Celebration in England resembled Celtic cam uh, com I can't say this word. Commemorations of Samhain that had bonfires and masquerades. And then listen to this. Poor people would go house to house of wealthier families and receive pastries that were called soul cakes in exchange that they would promise to pray for the souls of the homeowner's dead relatives. Let me say that again. They would go door to door, poor people, to wealthy families, receiving pastries called soul cakes, and in exchange, they would promise to pray for those that had died. They would call this souling. The practice was later taken up by children who would go door to door asking for gifts such as food, money, and ale. So we know that the modern day innocent trick-or-treating comes from a pagan tra tradition Oh no, we lost Angela there. I hope her camera didn't die. All right, hold on guys. We'll get her back. Oh no, I hope her camera didn't die. We lost her on the call. All right, Angela, if you're still watching, you can just join in on the call on Discord. The devil is a liar. Oh, she, she doesn't know what happened. Hang on. She'll join back in. Let me see if I can invite her back in here. Uh, oh, it says she's logged off of Discord. Okay, we'll give her a second to get back in. So the origin of trick-or-treating is literally a pagan origin, is literally a satanic origin of what they would call souling, where they would promise to pray for rich people's dead relatives. So again, for those of you that are like, this is an innocent, this is no big deal. Let me see if I can get her back in. Maybe her camera died. For those of you that say it was innocent, we know that it clearly wasn't innocent. The Bible says, do not follow the traditions of the culture of the world we've been called and god has chosen us to be a peculiar people and when you start participating hold on oh no her internet went out no there it goes she's back okay cool let me get her back on he's he's on the screen again he's on the screen right, again you're back i don't can you hear me yeah oh no let's see did it lose there we go. Yep, you're back. Can what you hear heck? me? Yes. I'm okay. having We're good. Okay. So guys, when you participate in these pagan rituals and pagan things, it's not as innocent as you might think it to be. And your intentions, you might say, Well, I have good intentions. Again, intentions don't matter. These things are wrong. These things are ungodly. And these things are basically anti what the gospel teaches, anti what the Bible teaches. So we have to be clear that this is not just an innocent oh, well, I'm just trick-or-treating and I'm participating in something. That's not a big deal. Even with the pagan Celtic origins, and if you say, well, I don't believe in the Celtic origins, even if you look at November 2nd, uh, 1000 AD, the All Souls Day, a time of honoring the dead, we don't need a time of honoring the dead. We don't celebrate the dead. As Christians, specifically, because I don't even want to get in the whole debate of, well, are Catholics or Christians? I already made a whole video on that and got in trouble, but I'll, I'll say it again. As Protestant Christians, we don't honor the dead. We don't celebrate the dead. We don't participate in the day of the dead. We don't pray to the dead. We don't ask the dead to intercede. Well, they're not dead. They're in heaven. The Bible says that when you die, you're either in heaven or hell. So we don't need to be praying to people that are no longer on this earth. There's only one mediator between man and God, and that's the man Christ, Christ Jesus. So I would say for those in the chat that are like, I'm innocently taking them out and trick-or-treating, you are participating in a pagan ritual. Are you are you there, Angela? Are you good? Yeah, can you hear me? Yep. Your internet's okay, back. Okay, sweet. 
that was annoying. The devil's a liar. Yeah, it's all good. You're back. I was going on a rant anyways about soul good. cakes okay, and about sweet. pastries and about, you know, jack-in-the-box breakfast sandwiches. But yeah, so you guys need to realize this is a pagan ritual of, of trick-or-treating. I mean, I could sit here and point you to everything that's practiced in Halloween as a pagan ritual. All of these things came from pagan uh, pagan history and, and pagan holidays. I, I want to just say quickly, and then I'm going to toss it over to you, Angela. We're going to talk about not following the things of this world. And we are mm -hmm. still going to pray for mass deliverance for you guys. We're almost at 3,000, which is amazing because it's 1 p.m., which is crazy. So let's try to see if we can hit 3,000 live viewers. If you guys would share this, text a friend or family, um, that would be really, really helpful. And I just totally lost my train of thought. So yeah, I would, t I don't remember what I was just going to say, but I would totally say guys, oh, this is what I was going to say. Those of you in the chat that would say, well, brother, isn't Christmas pagan, isn't whatever, every other holiday pagan. Here's the difference between a pagan holiday like Christmas and a pagan holiday like Halloween. Christmas doesn't promote satanic rituals and darkness. And there was a girl in the chat earlier that says, I was a witch for years and I used to go around dressed as a witch on Halloween casting spells on people. So ladies and gentlemen, there's people in the chat that were witches and warlocks telling you, warning you the dangers of this. So yeah, I would say the difference between Christmas and Halloween, this is not a Christmas live stream and we'll do a separate live stream and a whole video on Christmas this year. The difference is Christmas, Christmas, is the celebration of the birth of Christ. And I know we all know it wasn't his birth and it wasn't that day. Okay, but I'm just saying that's what the world celebrates Christmas as. Halloween is a celebration of pure darkness, terror, evil, and horror. So that's the differences when you're asking about, what about this? I want you to talk about, Angela, following the world, right? We have this idea of why we shouldn't celebrate Halloween. It's following the things of this world. Do you have any verses you can give us about why the Bible says we should not be following the practices or the rituals that the world follows? New Testament, but... <laughs> Say it um, one more time when you cut out. Say that again. I said, yeah, that's the entire New Testament. Yes, but, um, preach. I just want to say one thing to the Christmas point because that's what I get to. It's like supposed to be this like proverbial gotcha because people are always like, well, what about Christmas? You got to celebrate Christmas. And to be honest, like I'm still new to the faith. This is my second year. Like I said, this is the first year that I'm not celebrating Halloween. So I'm literally taking things one month at a time, one holiday <laughs> at a time. I haven't looked into Christmas yet. I'm just starting to consider this might be something I have to lay on the altar and give up. I'm not there yet. I don't know. But I want you all to hear me when I say that. I Look, I'm going to be honest. I, my flesh does not want to give up Christmas. Christmas is, is something that I've enjoyed since I was a kid. No, the internet. A big part of my testimony. Oh, there you go. You cut out. Oh, and you're frozen. Lord, restore her internet in Jesus' name. We lost her again. Oh, there she is. This is annoying. There if you it are. comes to okay, it, you're back. I'm gonna you're back. just, I'm just gonna get on my phone if it comes to it. Okay. This has never happened before. I know. What it's the okay. heck? It's hey, listen. It is what it is. It's those trick or treating demons out there messing. Honestly, with Honestly, everyone in the chat, praise. Pray the, plead yeah. the blood of Jesus over my internet connection. You were talking anyway. about how it's something that you might have to lay on the altar. Right. So I might have to give up Christmas. And uh, just hear me when I say, like, my flesh doesn't want to. But if Holy Spirit tells me to, I will. And so I'm just, I pray that y'all would have that same heart posture toward this subject, which is vastly different in its context and principle from Christmas. But back to the verses. Um, so are you still there? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You sound All good. Right. Yeah, do not First follow John, the world and the things of the world. 1 John 2, 15 through 16 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. 
If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. Mm. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So just to dissect this one verse a little bit, um, do not love the world like we talked about before. This isn't a big thing where everyone's always saying, stop giving so much glory to the devil, saying that this day belongs to the devil. No one's saying that this day belongs to the devil. Every day belongs to the Lord. But... Scripture is clear that Satan is the prince of this world. Mm. Halloween is of the world. If you love Halloween, you are literally living antithetical to this particular scripture where it says, do not love the world. And to read on, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. That's what the Bible says. All the, So uh, actually, to that point, I do want to say I wasn't going to. but So if you're getting offended by what myself and Isaiah are saying in regard to this, I want you to just c try and hear me with a softened heart when I say it's it this goes back to the love of the Father. This has nothing to do with me or Isaiah or tr trying to come at you or judge you like I've mentioned multiple times, but it's all about the love of the Father, okay? So I just want to put that out there. And then all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, okay? So lust of the eyes, everyone thinks automatically it's sexual. It's you know, it's lust, right? But lust of the eyes is not just sexual. It's also like what is what is pleasing to our eye. That's good. And so Halloween kind of just falls right within that because it's what I said before, right? You want to dress your kid up and look all cute and 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 match with your husband or your wife in a couple's costume where one of you is a salt pepper, one of you is a pepper, you know, salt and pepper <laughs> kind of thing. But it's like that's lust of the eyes and that's you indulging the lust of the eyes because it's ultimately indulging the flesh and that is of the world. Jesus doesn't care it's if good. you're a salt and a pepper shaker. He cares if you're walking holy, right? And that's the pride of life. That's exactly what this verse says. It's the pride of life. It's clinging to the pride of life. Well, I want to look cute. I want my kid to look cute. I want to do this. I want to do that. I, 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 I. Can we stop making about what you want and consider what maybe God wants of this day? Mm. Um, Romans 12, 2 clearly says, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. But... Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. It actually says perfect. So people always say, what, you, you want to preach this, this sinless perfection? I'm not preaching anything. I'm reading you scripture. Come on. What is good and acceptable and perfect? I'm not going to say, yeah, you'll be perfect, but you should discern and test what is perfect before the Lord. What is his will? Because his will is perfection. That's why that's why the separation in the garden happened in the first place, because we separated ourselves from his perfect holiness with sin. And so now, because Jesus has reconciled us back to that, back to the love of the Father, back to himself, now we have that responsibility to do what the word says and to test and discern what is the will of God. Do you really, if you're really honest with yourself in your prayer closet, not in someone's comment section, not getting triggered by reels or YouTube videos like this, if you take this right now, if you shut the video off and go right now into your prayer closet and you really ask the Lord 
Is this your will? Is this night your will? Is this harvest festival your will? Is this really what you want me to be doing for your kingdom? You know, I'm not here to say what he's going to tell you in response, but if you really discern and test what is good and acceptable and perfect, I do believe you will be hard-pressed to tell me that Halloween is any of those things. And if you're one of those people that want to come back with the tradition thing, the Catholic thing, go back to the verses we talked about in the very beginning from Mark 7 and Colossians. You know, you, you want to uphold the commandments of God over, I'm sorry, you want to uphold the traditions of men over the commandments of God. And we're not to be conformed, y'all. We're just not to be conformed. That's good. Um, and I, I, I want to touch on what you said as well with the whole lust thing. Yeah is I would go every year when I was not saved to Santa Barbara where they had a massive Halloween party with like, I don't know, 10, 20,000 young people would come. And as we said earlier, and I know there's a lot of kids watching, this was just a day for all of our friends to be able to dress as lustful as possible. I'm I'm saying it's the most kid-friendly way I can say it. And everyone in the world knows that. Every, what age? 16-year-old to 25 year old, whatever. Some of you are like super, super seniors. You're in junior college and you're 35, that's fine. Um, Every single one in that college age that I used to party with, every single year we looked forward to Halloween because, and I hate to say it as crude as I'm gonna say it, we got to see our friends dressed in lingerie. Like, hey, I want, I really would like to see this girl in lingerie. I just gotta wait for Halloween to see it. And that was the mindset of all of our friends when we were partying. It was a day of lust, a day of perversion. So it's just another testament to the fact this is not something I want to be participating. Let me give you an example. You take your kids innocently trick-or-treating tonight. Okay, you for the next five years, your kids, say your kid's six years old right now. Now they're 11, you're trick-or-treating. Now they're 12, you're trick-or-treating. Now they're 13, you're trick-or-treating. Now they're 14, and I don't know if I want to go trick-or-treating with mom and dad. I'm going to go with my friends. Now they're 15, now they're 16. Now it's I'm not going trick-or-treating with mom and dad. There's a party at my high schooler friend's house. I'm 16, 17, and y'all already know that your daughter's gonna wanna dress up like all of her friends in the same lingerie, and now you're getting your costume. You used to get at the Spirit store. Now you get your costume at at Victoria's Secret. You're like, wait, why are we getting a costume at Victoria's Secret? Well, it's because little old seven-year-old got raised in celebrating Halloween, got raised in trick-or-treating. And what are you going to tell her now that she's 16, you're not going to celebrate Halloween anymore? So I, I know mm. that might sound like a drastic, but it's actually not drastic. It's the way that it plays out. When your kids are in high school, when they start getting to that age where they decide they don't want this lukewarm, boring Christianity that, at the church you raised them at, and they start dressing how they want to dress, acting, and they're 18, 19, 20 years old, they're going to celebrate Halloween because guess what? This is some crazy math right here, Angela. Mom and dad taught them to celebrate Halloween. I don't know why my kids want to celebrate it. I mean, you took them trick-or-treating their entire life. You celebrate it their entire life. So why are you shocked? It's like, I don't know why my kids want to drink. Maybe because they saw you drinking. I don't know why my kids curse. Maybe because they saw you cursing. I don't know why my kids smoke. Maybe because they saw you smoking. So that that is my point is, guys, it might be innocent now, but you're not thinking 10 years, 20 years, 30 years in the future. You have to stop thinking about now and for yourself and realize, and this is for those raising kids that are in the chat saying, it's just innocent, brother. Is it innocent in 20 years? Is it innocent in 10 years? Is it innocent? And because you can't just tell your kids, well, now we're not celebrating it now that you're 18 years old or 17 or 16. They're going to be like, well, we we were raised this way. So for me, when Mm -hmm. I'm raising my kids, I'm thinking about what am I instilling into them that's going to be 
still with them when they're older. You know, I want to make sure now I'm setting the precedent while my kids are young so that when they're older, it's like, man, they always say, well, I just, I just lost the famous saying, but it's basically like visit your kids. I forgot the saying. I totally butchered it. But anyways, raise your kids in the way they should go so that when they're older, they will not depart from it. I know you have one more verse out of first Peter four. You want to read that quickly? Cause I think it's really relevant to, um, yeah. to this pagan holiday. Um, where is it? Okay, for the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry, which idolatry, by the way. Did you say drinking yeah, parties? Drinking parties. Yep. Comma. Um, uh, idolatry is like a whole other topic on Halloween. Like, it's just... What, it, what are you doing when you're dressing up? Like, you're creating an idol. And I mean, that's like a whole other topic. And but another identity. Uh, another whole, identity. Yeah, we could go. Um, we, that's, that's why I said we could do thing. this for four hours. We won't. Hours, we can, right. though. But um, yes. It going on with the verse, it says, With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. Which happens in my comments. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are they might live in the spirit the way god does live in the spirit the way god does as in not participating in worldliness not conforming to worldliness and i do want to mention to that point because this kind of ties right into it with what you just said about raising your kids like i'm pregnant right now with a daughter uh, and you know i i'm not going to train her up half in and half out with Jesus. Like it's 100% Christ. And, you know, people have accused me and said stuff like, oh, she's going to hate you. She's going to rebel against you. She's, she's going to miss out. You're going to, you're going to deprive her. But people that are coming to me with that mindset, first of all, that's a projection. I don't know what you went through. I don't know what your parents taught you. I don't know. I don't know how your kids have grown up to, to view you, but honestly, two things there if you're raising them in a dead church yeah they might end up they might end up departing from the faith because you're not showing them you know you're you're claiming the godliness but denying the power thereof so if you're denying the power thereof then it will honestly they'll be more inclined to just sort of go into the world there but also to that point is that i i don't care that she's missing out on the world like you said isaiah I don't care that she's missing out because I'm not going to teach her that anything the world can offer her is greater than Jesus. Mm. It's not that it's if I have a mindset of, oh, I'm afraid my girl's missing out on this or that, then then that's kind of like the heart posture it's coming from. It's like, actually, she's not missing out on anything. She's gaining everything because she's being trained in the way that she should go. And again, it's like not this half in, half out. So if people from the outside want to say she's missing out on this, she's missing out on that, it's like, I feel bad for you, actually, because you're not recognizing all that she and myself and my husband, us as a family, have actually gained through Christ. Because it is that freedom to live in the spirit the way God does. And it's only by his grace. It's only by his spirit, right? So I, I just, I really don't think we should and I don't want to tell anyone how to raise their kids, but it's like Isaiah said, if you're, if you're grooming your kids that it's okay to participate in Halloween here or there, it's like I said earlier, 
where else is that eventually later in life going to be like, well, okay, it's just a little bit of yoga. It's just a little bit of tarot cards. It's just a little bit of mediumship. It's just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Because if you raise them with that mindset of it's all about your intentions, then that's going to be a springboard later in life when they decide, oh, maybe I can dabble in the occult. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to the point of, and I think this is the strongest point of living that holy lifestyle, consecrating yourself. Like if you look at Hebrews 12, 14, it says work at living with, with at peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy. And guys, I want you to all to hear this tonight, today. Well, what a time is it? One, I'm not used to streaming at one. So I'm going to keep saying tonight. It says those who are not holy will not see the Lord. So it makes it very clear, if you want to see God, you have to live, we talked about it earlier, a consecrated and a separated lifestyle. And just simply denying ourselves or participating in things like this is a choice to live holy. We have to work at it. Again, it's not automatic like righteousness. It's a choice. First Peter 1.15 says, But as he has called you to be holy, also be holy in all of your contact, all of your conduct. For it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And we know conduct means your behavior, what you do, how you talk, what you watch, what you listen to, your hobbies, your activities. God says, I want you to be holy in all you do. Set yourself apart. First Thessalonians 4, 7, for God has not called us for impurity, but to holiness. So God did not call me to live this impure, unrighteous, dirty lifestyle, but to live pure. First Peter 2, 9, you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a people for Christ's possession, that you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So he says, God called you out of darkness. Why are you going back? As Angela said earlier, why are you going back in to the darkness that God called you out of? Second Timothy 1, 9, who, who saved us and he called us to live a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ before the ages began. So you have a holy calling, you have a set apart calling, not because of your works, but because of God's own purpose. So this is a high calling for us. Now, some of you might say, well, Isaiah, well, Angela, you guys have been going on an hour about, and we're not arguing about the origins. We're arguing about, is this holy? Is this right for Christians? And let me just be clear, because I've been reading the chat this entire time. 99.9% .9 of the comments are positive today. So I don't want to make this thing of like, everybody's negative and against us. 99% of you in the chat have wrote positive. Thank you guys for speaking truth. Thank you for preaching righteousness. Thank you for saying what my pastor won't say. Thank you for saying what people are afraid to say. So I do want to make that clear that you guys are positive. Maybe I just have good moderators that are banning all the negative comments, but you guys have really, really been positive on this. Very quickly, what could I do instead? You can put a sign on your door that says, we don't have candy, but if you want prayer, knock. Okay, very simple. You can literally get a Sharpie and put a sign, free prayer, knock for prayer. And people are gonna go up and say, I don't want prayer, and they're gonna turn around, but you will get some people that say, I want prayer. You can sit on your front lawn and say, hey, if anyone needs prayer, we're offering prayer. You can hold a sign. You can hand out Bible tracts. You can hand out Christian tracts. You can, there's many ways you can do it without handing out candy and without participating. Here's, a, here's one that's gonna sound really outlandish. You could have a prayer meeting. I mean, it's, you could just say, hey guys, we're gonna pray and worship tonight in our house. Or here's another great idea. You can just do without what you usually do on Tuesday. Just do what you usually do on Tuesday. You don't have to do anything. Who says you have to do anything because it's some holiday? There's a bunch of holidays that I don't celebrate and we just, 
My kids don't have no clue. They just do whatever what we do on every other Tuesday. We'll go outside and play. We'll throw around a football. We'll go play pickleball. Whatever. We're going to do whatever we're usually going to do on a Tuesday. There's no shame in just saying we're not participating. Yeah. So is there anything else you can think of, Angela, maybe as an alternative? Because I know we're like against, against, against. Um, I probably mentioned most of them. But is there any thoughts that you might have towards what people might be able to do instead of celebrating Halloween? Yeah, I mean, you covered it. Honestly, what I'm doing tonight is I have um, I have Ray Comfort sent me a bunch of gospel tracks, so I have those that I'm just handing out. I think I'm going to put awesome. like a Bluetooth speaker on and just play worship music. Um, and I am going to offer prayer to families that come by. And we all know I'm long-winded, so I have to try and keep those kind of short when I do <laughs> offer prayer. 40-minute prayers each person. Yeah, literally. So um, that's personally what I'm doing tonight. I know that there are churches that are having you know, burning ceremonies where you bring your occult items. And that might be something nice to do if you know you still have stuff from the occult that you need to get rid of. Just like gather with some brothers and sisters in the faith and all of y'all can just burn that stuff Acts 19 style. Yes. And again, like Isaiah said, just a prayer meeting, like gather, feast, right? Like have fellowship, worship, praise the Lord and and pray tonight. Pray against what's going on in the atmosphere. Um, and, and like, I, I don't know where this idea comes from, but because we're saying don't participate in Halloween, that that somehow means that we're saying hide in a corner all night. Come on. I'm not saying that at all. Like, this is not a day to be fearful of. You don't need to be afraid because you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. But being a conqueror, being a victor, being in freedom does not mean that you take advantage of his grace. It doesn't mean that you use his grace or his freedom as a hall pass to continue living like the world. Like I said, going back to the grave that he resurrected you from, you know, walk holy, live unto him, decrease so that he may increase, die to yourself, crucify your flesh. And if you just really need to be honest with yourself and take it to prayer and see what Holy Spirit has to say about it. Just discern and test those spirits if this is good, acceptable, and perfect before the will of God. And I, I, I'm confident that God will reveal to you what he wants you to do tonight. My little sister said, if satanic people are praying tonight, so should we. And that is actually a Amen. true point. A lot of people in the occult, and again, this is unequivocal. This is what they teach and believe. They believe that the barrier between the natural and the supernatural, because of old Celtic practices and other occult practices, they believe the barrier is the thinnest on the night of Halloween. So they all spend their time doing rituals, praying. And again, guys, I want to say, this is not my own information. This is people I know personally like for example a john ramirez type of person that directly comes out of the occult this is their christmas this is their good friday this is their night where they're going to pray so why wouldn't we pray against what they're praying why wouldn't be this a night where we go into spiritual warfare if they believe this is the night and if you guys don't know and i know some of you say well, what about dressing up where'd that come from i don't want to go into the whole history but basically the celtics believe that the demons were roaming and attacking people the night halloween night and so to disguise themselves as a demon, they would dress like a demon, so they would be disguised, so the demon wouldn't attack them because the demon would think, oh, they look like me, they might be one of me. So the Druids believed and the Celtics believed that if they dressed up like ghouls and goblins and witches, of course, it was all folklore, but they believed that they dressed like these demons, these demons wouldn't attack them. So that was that's what dressing up started as, which to this day, a lot of the Halloween outfits are demonic. If you go to the spirit store, which by the way, 
the store should give it away. Spirit, the Halloween store, yeah. national Halloween store is called Spirit. Now, let me ask you guys a very basic question. I'm not trying to insult anyone's intelligence. Do you think that means Holy Spirit or do you think that means demonic spirit? If you're going into a store that's named Spirit and we know it's not the Holy Spirit because there's no prayer happening there, there's no communion happening there, there's no preaching happening there, then you're buying your Halloween costume at a store that's called demonic, unholy spirit, unclean spirit. I mean, guys, I'm, we're trying not to be rude, but it's like the red flags are everywhere and you still want to date that guy. Like every red flag is there, but you still want to date Halloween. Are you guys catching what I'm what I'm serving here? I just I just feel like the Bible makes it clear, and I know you know some of the uh, stuff you said on your podcast when you did a Halloween one was one of the points was abstaining from the appearance of evil, and you use First Thessalonians five where the Bible says abstain from the appearance of evil, and this verse is very important, Angela, because it doesn't say abstain from evil; it says abstain from the appearance of evil, and to me. Again, dressing up. I feel like a broken record, and we're going to get into mass deliverance prayer here soon, but dressing up, trick-or-treating, harvest, all the stuff we're talking about here is, let's just pretend it's not evil. I think it is, but we don't have to argue that. Let's just pretend you're right, and it's not evil. And by you, I don't mean Angela. I mean those of you in the comments that are arguing for Halloween. You're defending Halloween more than you defend the gospel. That's a whole nother stream. But let's pretend that you're right, and it's not evil. The Bible still says abstain from the appearance of evil so it, it might like oh that kind of appears evil uh, just stay away from it abstain from it and so this is one of the reasons why when me and my wife were well we didn't date but when we were engaged to be married we got engaged and then two and a half months later we got married we weren't driving in the car alone together and it's like well what's the big deal of you and her being in the car together it's it might have an appearance of evil it might be misconstrued so i'm going to abstain from the appearance of evil we never were allowed to go on dates. We didn't go on one-on-one -on -one dates. We went on group dates. Why? Because it might have appeared had an appearance of evil. I didn't want to taint my testimony. I didn't want to taint what God was doing. So that's to me, I look at that in every realm of my life. Is this appear possibly evil? If I get a weird tattoo of a weird image that is like, oh, well, that's my family crest. And that's cool. Fine. Awesome. But it might appear to be evil to some people. And I just, I just don't know. A lot of things I think Christians do might not be evil but have an appearance of evil so for me i would just abstain from the appearance of evil do you want to talk any more on that point of abstaining from the appearance of evil angela no that's really good um i think that because we didn't really address that issue like well what if i dress them up as something good i think it does kind of just like play right into that is is the appearance of evil because it's you have to remember that you know the the bible talks about how we are clay and the Lord is the potter, but children under their parents are also clay and the parents are the potter. And so if you're dressing your kids up, even as, as the innocent stuff, it's ultimately it's sending them a mixed message. It's confusing because they're still growing up in the Halloween culture. They're, they're still growing up in the worldliness of it all. Um, maybe you can, you know, tell them, well, this is good. This is bad. This is evil. This is, this is wicked. And this is, and this is pure. This is innocent. But it's still ultimately sending a mixed message that they yes. are going to grow up with. And then later in life, like Isaiah said, go out into the world because it's going to get to a point where they don't want to trick or treat with mom and dad anymore. Yeah. And they want to dress like all their friends. Right. But if they grow up without it, not feeling like they had missed out on anything and because because they see you living holy, they see you living set apart and they see how honestly fun it is. Living for Christ is is more fun than I ever had in the world Come because on. it's 
It's the actual joy of the Lord. If they see the joy of the Lord emitting from you, the Holy Spirit just outpouring from you and the things that you do and the demonstration of your life, they're never even going to care about Halloween or what their friends are doing because they're going to look at their home lives and say, wow, mine's so much better because of the way mom and dad raised me. So and good. it's because of Christ. So I just, I think that abstaining from that appearance of evil, that goes right hand in hand, even if it's something is, quote, innocent, or it seems innocuous, like dressing them up as a fireman. It's still sending a mixed message to a very impressionable child. And we just shouldn't train them up that way at all. Absolutely. I wanted to pray for those that also need deliverance today. We're going to pray. We won't go super exhaustive and long on a mass deliverance prayer, but for those of you that are like, hey, I want to renounce this stuff. I already see many people in the chat, Angela, saying, I didn't know you're right. I'm not celebrating anymore. I want to renounce this. And there's some people in here that are, you know, in the new age now that are being convicted that want to renounce it. Some in the occult, some that just flat out need deliverance from darkness. So we want to incorporate that mass deliverance prayer that I'll lead. Is there any closing thoughts, Angela, before I do that, that you can think of, or do you want me to roll right into that? I want to make sure I give you room for any other thoughts of Halloween. No, I think you're good to roll right into that. Okay. So I hope you hear our guy's heart is we're not arguing the history, which I think we could give a good argument for that, but we didn't want to focus on that. Our argument is we're called to be peculiar. We're called to be set apart. This gives the appearance of evil. We give you guys a bunch of verses. The the I think the important thing was the origin of trick-or-treating is a pagan origin. That's undeniable. No one just made up, let's go get candy as pagan origins. And we are just challenging you guys. Don't take this as... We're looking down on you. You're less of a Christian if you do, and we're holier than thou. Both of us in our podcast always say, hey, we're still learning. We're still growing. Hey, we're preaching to you guys, but we're right along with you guys. So don't take it as we're looking down on you. We're just saying there's something higher for you. There's something more for you, and you you need to step it up. God is saying all of us need to step it up. We need to be set apart, and we're clearly giving you what the Bible gives you. For, for many of you, it's, it's a shock. Because the church for so long has coddled you and tickled your ears and massaged your ears and given you a, a nice little word. But for others of you, it's like, hey, this is a breath of fresh air. Finally, someone is saying it the way it is, and I'm done participating in this. And trust me, all you're going to miss out on is a dentist bill of your kids having cavities. That's all you're going to miss out on is being at the dentist, having to get your kids more fillings, more caps, more root canals. So don't, don't worry. And it's like, well, what about the candy? You can buy your kids candy any day. Just so you guys know, I don't know if you guys know this, you can get candy any day of the year. So what I want to do now is I want to renounce every practice of evil. And renouncing is very simple. I know a lot of you have made think it's very mystical. It's not. It means that you're going to declare it to be against something. You're going to reject or decline formally. You're going to refuse to belong to something. You're going to disown, disclaim, or renounce a title to land. You're going to basically give it up. You're saying, I'm rejecting this. And so when we do deliverance prayer... The thing we like to start with is renouncing, is you saying, I want to part ways with darkness. I want to part ways with these unclean spirits. I no longer want them in my life. Those demons there, if you do have a demon today, those demons are there because you wanted them. You've accepted them. You came into agreement with them. So when you renounce it, you're breaking their legal right. And a lot of times demons will say, you can't cast me out. I have a right to be here. They're not going to be able to say that because we're going to renounce them. Luke 14, 33 says, so therefore, whoever of you who doesn't renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. And of course, Jesus wasn't talking about mass deliverance or deliverance. He was talking about the idea of renouncing what you have. 
denying yourself, but I want to get, I'm just giving you an idea of what renouncing means in scripture. Titus two says it trains us to renounce ungodliness and the pleasures of this world to live sober, upright and pious lives at the present time. Second Timothy two 19 says yet God's solid foundation stands unmoved bearing this inscription. The Lord knows who really belong to him. And this also let everyone whose name, the name of the Lord renounce all wickedness. So Timothy says, let us renounce all wickedness. So this is all you're going to do verbally speak out. Cause remember demons are unclean spirits, personalities that, that live within people. According to Matthew chapter 12, you're going to speak out of your mouth. I renounce this. So I renounce lust. I renounce perversion right now. All of you in the chat, we're going to be praying for you here. I renounce anger. I renounce hate. I renounce lust. I renounce addiction. I renounce astrology. I renounce the occult. I renounce cursing. I renounce uh, addiction. I renounce dysfunction. I renounce eating disorders. I renounce self-harm. I renounce suicidal thoughts. So I want you to start speaking out that you renounce these things. Satan, we don't want you in our life. Let him know right now. Let him know. We don't want you. You have no power. You have no authority. I want you to verbally tell these demons, I'm not your home. You cannot live in me. You must go in Jesus' name. You must go in Jesus' name. Remember, life and death is in the tongue. There's power. We wield the sword of the spirit with our words. So this is our weapon in spiritual warfare is verbally declaring things and speaking things with our mouth and breaking these legal rights. In the same way witches pronounce curses with their words, we break curses and break legal rights with our words. The Bible makes it clear we have the power to bind and the power to loose. So today we bind every unclean spirit and we loose you from the powers of darkness. I just want you guys right now, begin to renounce it, whatever you're going through. And then a side note, while you're doing that, I want you to deal with unforgiveness. The two things why demons stay is you haven't renounced or if repented. If you don't like the word renounce, just use the word repent. You can use it interchangeably. Oh, but also you haven't dealt with your unforgiveness. If there's unforgiveness in your life, you're giving the devil legal right to torment you. I want you to deal with that unforgiveness right now. Just forgive that person. Unforgiveness is this drinking poison, thinking the other person's going to die from it. Okay. Unforgiveness is drinking poison, thinking the person that hurt me is going to die from it. It only poisons you. It only hurts you and it keeps you in bondage. Let go of the unforgiveness. The Bible makes it clear in 2 Corinthians 2.10 that unforgiveness gives the devil an advantage over us. So I want you to deal with that, okay? Now, I want you just to begin to tell every unclean spirit to leave you. Let these spirits know you have no power over me. I command you to go, and then I'm going to pray a prayer over you. And then if Angela wants to or she feels led for anything, she can. But I'm going to lead this portion where I, I basically I'm just going to command all of these unclean spirits to come out of you. Um, let me see if I have my camera one. Okay, let me put it on just me on camera while I renounce while I command all these things to leave you. So right now, I command every foul spirit to leave you in Jesus name. I command every spirit of bitterness, hatred, resentment, anger. I bind you and I command you to leave now in Jesus name. Satan, you have no power over these people. You have no authority over these people. We cast you out according to the word of God. I don't come in my authority. I come in Jesus authority. In Jesus name, every spirit must go. Spirit of rebellion, spirit of control, spirit of witchcraft, spirit of strife, contention, fighting, retaliation. We bind you in Jesus name. Every spirit of accusation, we come against you now in Jesus name. Come up and out right now. Every spirit of rejection, 
every spirit of fear, every spirit of insecurity. And some of you right now, are maybe you're sick to your stomach. Maybe your heart's racing. Maybe you feel like you want to vomit. That is because there's a spirit there trying to come out of you. Spirit of insecurity, spirit of jealousy, spirit of envy, spirit of escapism, indifference, um, spirit of alcohol, spirit of drugs, spirit of heaviness, anxiety, fear, dread. We command you to go. Spirit of fear of death. The Bible says God has delivered us from the fear of death. So I command now that spirit of fear go in Jesus name. You have no power. You have no authority. I command you in Jesus Christ's name, Satan, you've been defeated. Leave these bodies now. Every foul spirit must go now. Every spirit attached to mental illness, schizophrenia, insanity, mania, madness, every manic episode, we command those spirits, go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. You have no power. Spirit of doubt, spirit of deception, go now in Jesus' name. Spirit of unbelief, every mind-bending spirit of confusion, of occultism, of spiritism, go now. And I hear the Lord saying too, those of you that say, oh, it's just my spirit guide, brother. It's Friend, I hear the Holy Spirit telling me to let you know it's a demon. It's not a spirit guide. It's guiding you to destruction. It's guiding you to death. So right now, maybe you've had a spirit guide for years. I command that spirit to leave you now. Every spirit guide spiritual spouse that thinks it's married to you because oftentimes demons think that they're married to us which is weird and demonic we command every spirit think that it's married to you or guiding you go in jesus name go in jesus name every phobia spirit hysteria spirit fear of authority every spirit of lying or deception every spirit of pride ego vanity arrogance haughtiness go now pride you have no power we rebuke you in Jesus' name. Come up and out, out of their mouth, into the abyss in Jesus' name. Out of their mouth, into the abyss in Jesus' name. Right now, go. Spirit of fatigue. Some of you are just always tired and weary. Laziness. Go now in Jesus' name. Spirit of laziness. Go. Spirit of infirmity. Every spirit of infirmity. Go now in Jesus' name. Somebody literally, this is how deceived people are. Somebody just typed in the chat, fear is not a spirit. <laughs> Guys, the Bible literally says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Like one of the clearest spirits in the Bible is fear. So this is how deceived some of you are. God wants to deliver you right now. Wouldn't the devil be the one to say, that's not a spirit? If he can convince you these aren't spirits, he can live freely, rent free in you. But today we put these demons on notice. Every unclean spirit of infirmity must go. Death, addiction, Spirit of gluttony, undereating, overeating, compulsive eating. We command that spirit to go now. Go. You have no power. You have no authority. The Lord rebukes you, Satan. The Lord rebukes you, Satan. Right now, every sexual spirit, lust, fantasy, masturbation, homosexuality, lesbianism, adultery, fornication, incest, rape, every spirit attached to lust or sexual sin, go in Jesus' name. Come out. Come out, out of their mouth, into the abyss. You have no power. Come out of them right now in Jesus' name. Every cult spirit, Jehovah's Witness, is a cult. Mormonism is a cult. Christian science is a cult. Unitarianism is a cult. We commend every cult spirit. Islam is a cult. 
every cult spirit, spirit of Islam, spirit of Jehovah's Witness, spirit of Christian science, whatever spirits are there causing you to be in these cults, go. Not only cults, but the occult. That's palmistry and handwriting analysis and horoscopes and astrology and fortune telling, tarot cards, pendulums, black magic, white magic, incantations, conjuring things. Go now. Every spirit, go now. Now, let me also say this. This is going to make a lot of people mad, so I saved it for the end. When you pray to saints, you open yourselves up to demons. When you pray to Mary, get offended all you want. You open yourselves up to demons. You become basically a medium for these spirits. So I want to tell you right now, if you've been praying to saints, ritualism, this this obsession with praying to Peter, praying to Paul, praying to Mary, you are opening yourselves up because the Bible says there's only one mediator and that is the man Christ Jesus. It is unbiblical to ask saints for intercession or to pray to them. The Bible does not teach them and you've opened yourself up. Someone said, I'm offended. It's okay. It's biblical. It opens you up. I have cast out demons that have come in from people praying to saints. I've cast out demons and the demon's name was the name of saints the person was praying to. So guys, please don't dabble in this. This is witchcraft. This is demonic. This is spiritism. Don't get involved in it. So right now, Father, I pray deliverance over every person that has a demon from praying to saints or praying to spirit guides or praying to these unclean spirits. False religions. I just pray, God, bring deliverance, bring breakthrough, bring revival in Jesus' name. I don't know, Angela, if there's anything I missed or anything that you wanted to pray that you were feeling specifically. I know the Lord's delivered you from some of the stuff that I was praying for. Maybe something came to your mind. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't even necessarily deliverance. It was more just protection and just like yeah. a sealing of the Holy Spirit because I know that a lot of people in the chat right now are feeling convicted and that they're going to have to go have some really hard conversations. And so, Father, I just pray yes. that you would equip them with the confidence and with the boldness required of them to have these potentially offensive conversations with friends, family, even their own children, Lord, wives that have to go to their husbands, although they're they're required to submit to their husbands, Lord, I pray that you would just soften the hearts of the husbands that they have to approach in order to hear biblical truth over any tradition, over any stronghold of the flesh that, that, that these men may have when it comes to Halloween. And I pray the same for the husbands watching that are going to have to go talk yes. to their wives and tell them that the plans tonight are canceled, that they're doing something else instead, Lord. I pray that you would soften the hearts of all these spouses that those in the chat are going to have to go talk to. I, I pray that you would prepare their hearts even now to receive your biblical truth, Lord, and that you would just work now to break down those strongholds in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that you would soften the hearts of the children that may feel disappointed tonight, Lord. And I pray that through the demonstration of their parents walking holy, yielding to your spirit, that these children would see that they aren't missing out on anything because nothing that the world has to offer them is greater than Jesus, Lord. I pray that these children would be trained up in the way that they should go and that they would never depart from the faith. And Father, I just pray against every lying spirit that is telling some of these parents that it's too late, that they're too far gone. That is a lie from the devil. It's never too late to repent and it's never too late to, to fall forward into the arms of the Father. And so I just pray, Lord, that that hearts were convicted tonight or today, not by anything Isaiah or I said, but by what Holy Spirit, the work that Holy Spirit did in the hearts of those that were willing to receive, that their hearts were soft enough to have that those seeds land on fertile soil, Lord. 
and that these families would see the bountiful harvest of that, of what was birthed today. And Father, again, I just I just pray and I give you thanks for all of those who are willing to yield to the Spirit, not really knowing what's going to happen. And maybe there's a lot of resistance to do that. But Lord, I pray that you would show them that once they just step out of that threshold of 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 what their flesh wants, of these strongholds of their lives, of you know the traditions that they've had for maybe maybe 20, 30 years, once they just let that go, Lord, because you always replace what we what we sacrifice with yes. more of yourself, Lord. And so we just thank you for that. And we pray that they would step into the faith of knowing that that is true, that your word says your faith makes you whole, your faith heals you. And so when we step into that faith, we are then healed by the renewing of our minds, just by yielding to your spirit, Father. So I just thank you for that. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Yes, and someone in the chat said, will you pray for us to be freshly filled with the Holy Spirit? So, Father, right now I pray just a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we know in your word in John, you said to ask to be filled with these rivers of living water. So we thirst, we ask, we hunger for you. Father, we pray, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Wash us, God, in your blood and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Those that are not full of the Holy Spirit, Father, we pray, baptize them. Those of us that are, I pray, God, you'd pour out a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Lord, pour out a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit and power. And Lord, let us step out tonight in boldness and let this be the greatest harvest, literally, we've mm -hmm. ever seen tonight as we reach souls for your gospel and your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Wow, what a good podcast. Listen, we went an hour and a half, which is great. I know we could have probably went three hours. Angela, where can the people find you? Let them know, because you weren't streaming last time you were on. Let them know where you're streaming yeah. at. There's 2,500 of you. I would love if Angela went live, what is it? Wednesday night, Thursday night? What night do you go live? Wednesday. I would love if she goes live Wednesday and there's instantly like 500 people right there in the broadcast. If there's 2,500 of you live right now, you can do this, guys. I highly recommend, and you guys know I'm very picky who I recommend. I'm very picky who I tell you live stream to go to. I highly recommend joining her live streams on Wednesday night. So, Angela, tell us about, maybe it's not night. I, may, I might be wrong on the time, but tell us about your live streams and what you're doing. No, you're right. Um, it's Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, so tomorrow I'm going live, and for the first time I'm sharing my testimony of how Jesus delivered me from an eating disorder. Wow. I've shared bits of this in my testimony before, but I've never actually told the whole story. Um, and honestly, I feel really nervous to do it, so that's why I know that I have to. Uh, so yes. I'd love if you could come there. It's called Heaven and Healing Podcast on YouTube. You can find me on Instagram, Angela Marie Ucci. It's, my last name is U-C-C-I, so it's the spelling of that. And I put your name on screen the whole time as well. Okay. But guys, oh, okay. this is the beautiful thing. Her stream on Wednesday is the same time as my Monday and Tuesday. So for those of you that are like, what time is it? Six o'clock Pacific time. So Monday night, I have my teaching. Tuesday night, the podcast. She has the stream the same time on Wednesday. So you're getting literally three days in a row of straight meat and fire. So make sure that you guys check it out. I highly recommend my whole live audience over there tomorrow. I think we should just bombard her channel tomorrow. Be there in a good way. Bombard it in a good way, okay? Be there in, our, in the chat. I know you guys love her in the comments. You're always like, when are you going to bring her back? Um, guys, you can't ask me when I'm going to bring her back while she's live. I got to give her a week or two to breathe, and then I'll ask her to be on again. But man, we just love having you on, Angela. You have such a powerful testimony. I've said this to you before, but I'll say it publicly. You are one of the greatest communicators of our time. I It's like, there's some people, I'm going to say this nicely, okay? Because I have a lot of friends watching and people watching. There's some people that when they talk, they're just like talking to talk. I, I say this like truthfully. 
every when you talk everything you say has weight it has meaning you don't use a bunch of filler words you are such a great communicator above that god has anointed you you have such a strong anointing on your life i was just telling you you know some of my family was like we love listening to angela i've, I've heard it over and over again but god has anointed you god has called you he's put a special anointing to communicate on you everyone in the chat by the way is agreeing with me and so i'm just cheering you on you and your husband have become good friends of mine, and I'm here, me and my wife are here to support you guys in any way possible. We love what God is doing in your ministry. I can't recommend her enough. I've literally put her giving link in my description above mine. So I'm telling you guys, pray about monthly partnering with her. I've never done that with anyone before in four years of doing this. I really highly recommend you guys monthly partnering with her so she can continue full time to put out this content. She has a child on the way and we just wanna show support. I don't wanna just support in word, I wanna support in action. So tonight, today I'll be sending her something on Venmo as well, but I think all of you should partner with her with the link I've put to her ministry. And then of course, I'll stay on a little bit and you guys can give to this ministry. But Angela, we are in your corner. We are supporting you. We love what God is doing in your life. Keep doing it. We're cheering you on. Thank you. Absolutely. And ditto, like copy and paste everything you just said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, Angela, I'll talk to you soon. I'll be sending you something today. Okay. Thank right, you. God bless you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.